Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. So glad you're here. And yes, tears are allowed. Um, these next few Sundays and um, services, yeah, embracing a change in our lives uh, can bring laughter and tears and all of it's good. Thank you for being on the journey for me these 15 or so years and uh, I bless you for being here today. Um, so we're working on this book called Divine Audacity of Linda Martet Witsatz. And last week we talked about the light of faith, how our faith can illuminate our journey on the planet. Today we're going to be talking about the light of power. And we don't often think of authentic power as something that illuminates our path, but we're going to today. Let me ask you a question. When you think of power, what do you think of? You know, often throughout the history of humanity, power has meant coercive force. It has meant someone or some group of people that had an idea about how their lives should be, and often how the lives of other people should be, and through coercion or force or uh, tactics of some kind or another, managed to prevail and get what they wanted. And so I think we have that, that history going on in our mind, and when we hear that someone is powerful, our, our mind tends to go in that direction of, oh, you know, what, what's going on here? How are they using that power? How does that power um, affect other people and so on? This book has a very different idea of power that I want to share with you today. And I think it might change your whole idea of whether you want to be powerful and wield some power in your own life. You know, the book is called Divine Audacity. And what she's uh, asking us to do is with this new idea of power, be audacious with it. Use it for our own good. Use it in ways that will enliven ourselves and others. And I hope I've intrigued you a little bit. So it's a, a three-part series that she says in terms of discovering and using your power. But I think to lead into it, we've got to have a joke to get started. So for many years, a storekeeper displayed in her window a card that read, Fishing Tickle Sale. Fishing Tickle. So a customer drew the proprietor's attention to the spelling. Surely someone has brought this to your attention before. Fishing tickle? Oh yes, said the owner. Many have mentioned it. But whenever they drop in to ask me about it, they always buy something. <laughs> And so what is this different idea of authentic power? And we might even use that silliest and shortest of jokes ever to explore it a bit, right? So what if you're the shopkeeper and you have a dream? Because this idea of audacious power has to start with a dream with an idea. 
And it might be nothing more than you want to be a shopkeeper or, or, or you want to, to have some newness in your life. It can be as simple as a, a New Year's resolution coming up, an idea. And that is the first part of this three-part step. It is the conception. It is the idea. It is in its highest form what you would like to see different or amplified in your own life. Now, each of us has, I don't know, 40 or 50 ideas every day. Some of them grand ideas, some of them small ideas, some ideas of just, you know, where we go to lunch or, you know, what crazy tie am I going to wear this week? I mean, sometimes the ideas are large and small, but my gosh, we have countless numbers of them every day, right? Well, she says, first of all, we have to be good stewards of our ideas, and let me use an example. Uh, many of you know, in, in fact, Sean mentioned it today, that I, I'm an author and he's waiting on the third book in my trilogy. Let me share with you, when I wrote my first book, what my editor said. So here I am, so proud as a new author, right? And I've, I've got my, I don't know, I think it was about 300-page manuscript, and I send it off to a professional editor because everybody says, you know, if you really want a book that sells, you better have an editor. So I'm so excited. And, and it's uh, actually a developmental editor, too, not just copy editing. It was to get their opinion on the flow of the book and the ideas in the book and so on. And so the feedback came back. Well, I'll just share the first sentence. The first sentence of the feedback was, nice effort, period. Well, I guess that was the first sentence. And then the second sentence was, I think the first 45 pages are pretty extraneous. (laughs) And it was crushing in a way. And yet, of course, a beautiful description of why it was superfluous. It was superfluous because it had nothing to do with my grand idea. I had a grand idea about this book, and I'd even fleshed it out, what that idea of the the book and, and a series of books and what they, I mean, it was clear in my mind, it was powerful, it was juicy, and rightfully so, the editor said the first 45 pages really weren't up to the mark of the idea. And so I, I, I cried a little bit, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it felt like I'm shelving, you know, a couple chapters here. But my gosh, the editor was right. And I'm inviting you all to be editors of your own ideas, about half of the ideas that you have every day, I better even a little on the negative side, aren't they? Truthfully, aren't they? Now, what place do they have really in the fulfillment of a grand dream or a grand idea? I mean, a couple of them might be useful. There might be a couple ideas based in safety or security. Uh, And I'm not saying we need to throw out everything that happens in our head that's negative. There'd be some days when I wouldn't have many thoughts going on if I threw them all out. But I am here to say that once you have a grand idea, once this conceptualization of something that's going to move you forward or that's going to have some light in the world, 
You need to start editing out then the other ideas that are in conflict with it or are competing with it. And just as the editor of my first book said, you know, really, this first 40 pages are extraneous. I bet a lot of your thoughts and your activities are also extraneous. And and this could be difficult to part with in the same way that I kind of gulped when I just highlighted 45 pages of my my new baby (laughs) and hit the delete key. You may discover that removing some of your existing patterns, your existing ideas, some of the ways that you use and spend your time, having that just like hit the delete key may be difficult for you. But if you want to exercise your true power, if you want to exercise your creative power, you will need to make room for it. You will need to begin editing your thoughts. You'll begin to need editing your activities so that you can move forward. Okay, so conception, the idea of coming up with the ideas and the idea then of editing them down to a few important ones. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to our homework for the week. The second part of this three-part reclaiming our power is vision. And I want to read her idea of what she thinks uh, vision is out of the book. She says, The power of our imagination is our capacity to dream of what has not yet manifested, to flesh out an idea, to flesh out this concept, and to feel the benefit of it in advance of its fulfillment. Let me read that again. It's to flesh out an idea and to feel the benefit of it in advance of its fulfillment. So it's to dream a dream in your heart and in your mind with such detail that you can feel yourself in it, feel yourself enjoying it, making it real in your own mind. And then she goes on to say, to envision is to create in the mind the first and most necessary phase of creation. Studies have proven that our brains are preset to see what we are looking for, which means that we constantly create more of what is familiar. However, our prefrontal cortex, a recent evolutionary development, gives us the capacity to envision possibilities beyond our present knowledge. This is our power. And by this power, we can leap from what is to what can and shall be. I'm getting goosebumps here. This is our true power. It's the ability to take an idea, to take a creation from our mind, that concept, flesh it out fully in our mind, and then it begins attracting to us the ideas, the ways of being, the resources necessary for the fulfillment of that. Now, in many ways, some of you might be saying, well, Larry, this just sounds like the science of mind, divine creative process. And you wouldn't be wrong. But in science of mind, we don't often think of this as our true and authentic power. And I think that's what's a little different here. The power we wield is our creative power. 
And if we don't wield it consciously, what are we creating? Just kind of a mishmash. We're just creating more of the same that we've experienced so far. And what she's saying right here is, we are evolved beyond the point that we have to create the same thing day in and day out. We have the choice. We have the ability to be that editor and remove 45 pages if it no longer serves us. We have the ability to not only dream big, but to begin editing our thoughts, our ideas, and our lives to support that big dream. Okay, so we've covered conception. We've covered vision. I would point out, however, in the science of mind, we also have a tool that we call visioning, which can be very useful in this idea of fleshing out the idea. And you'll remember we've covered it a number of Sundays and it's even available for study in some of our classes. But the idea of visioning is just to ask questions of ourselves, our divine nature of God. And often the questions are very simple. If I was that shopkeeper, for instance, in the, in the silly, uh, the silly joke, probably there was some visioning involved, right? What is spirit's highest vision for my shop? And answers would start tumbling from uh, the shopkeeper's mind. Well, a full store of people buying things, a a profitable business, a a bottom line that looks a certain way, a, a certain kinds of merchandise that will be attracted to other people, right? And in that visioning process, that uh, storekeeper, she would have just written down item after item of what, what spirit is engaging her to flesh out that idea of, I'm going to have a store. That was the original concept. Then she moves into the idea of visioning. Here's what it looks like. Here's how I can feel it. I want that kind of old general store feeling that people could walk in and feel like a neighbor or whatever it is. Or maybe it's a high glam store with with crystal and chandeliers. I don't know. Everyone will have a different vision, a different way of implementing their particular concept. But through this process, we begin to flesh it out. In our science of mind visioning, the next question would be, what's my role? How do I see myself fitting into this grand vision? Am I just the owner? Am I also one of the people that is uh, selling things in the store? And so on. What's my role in this grand vision? Then we would move on to what needs to be released. Do I have fears? Do I, do I need to edit that garden of ideas some more to release? some of the negative ones. And then finally, what do I need to embrace? How do I need to be different to fulfill this dream? And I want to think about that with you for just a moment. So often we reach for a dream and what we don't realize is since we don't have that dream, we're not actually suitable for that dream. If I was completely suitable for what I wanted to experience, I would already be experiencing it. So often that dream, that that concept for making my life bigger, I need to be bigger to step into it. So back to our shopkeeper, right? If she's never had a shop before, 
Maybe she needs some accounting skills. Maybe she needs to know how to do merchandising, right? There's some growth that our shopkeeper needs to be to embrace in order to actually be that entrepreneur that she wishes to be. And it's the same for us, right? We can dream of that masterful new career, but what if I don't have the training for it? What if I don't have the experience for it? What if I don't have a good understanding of how it works? I might need a mentor. I might need to go back to school. I might need some spot training. I might need a coach. What do I need to embody? How do I need to be different so that I fit in that dream? And that is the third step. We've covered conception. We've covered the vision. And the third part of true authentic power then is the embodiment. How do I become the dream? How do I become the concept? How do I fully invest myself into this newness, into this new way of being? And I tell you, this one is maybe easier than what you think. I recommend using your vision as a compass. Now think about this for just a minute. You've created this grand vision of how life is going to be, whether you're turning into a shopkeeper, whether you're imagining a new job, whether it's a a new way of expressing yourself spiritually. Uh, Maybe you're embarking on a retirement that you've sketched a few ideas around and what it's going to look like. If that is your compass, then each day when you get up or each time you get to a decision-making point, simply ask yourself, is that taking me one step closer to the vision? Is it taking me one step further away from the vision? Or is it just a sidestep? Think of it as a little dance here, right? Maybe this is the hokey pokey. (laughs) The all-important hokey pokey. But ask yourself honestly, if it's just a sidestep, no big deal. Doesn't have any conflict. It's not actually making forward motion, but it's no big deal. If it's a backward step, though, oh my gosh. Here's one of those ideas that maybe we should have weeded out. If this is taking me further away from my dream, further away from my goal, why the heck am I doing it? Now, I may choose to go ahead with it. There might be something in me that feels obligated to make that decision. I'm not saying that in every case you shouldn't take that backward step. But, oh my gosh, let's look at it really carefully. And I think what will happen is over time, when you use that vision as your compass, more and more of the steps will be forward. More illumination, right? We're talking about light this month. The illumination of your authentic power will ever guide you forward and forward, closer and closer with each step to that wonderful dream of the future. This is how we embody our dream. We use it proactively with each day and with each step to move forward into it. So I want to review just for a moment what these steps are. And then I want to talk about another issue I think that comes up for us. So first of all, concept. 
What is it that we want to pursue? The second part is the vision. You want to flesh it out. You want to make it real. Remember, she said it's as though we're experiencing it already, even though we don't have it. And in order to do that, it has to be pretty well fleshed out in our mind. Some people might want to use the visioning process that I talked about. Some people might want to just do some brainstorming. Have you ever done that exercise where you just write down as fast as you can everything about a certain subject? That might be another one. If your vision is going back to school, let's say, write down everything that you can think of, uh, both positive and negative, about going back to school. And just as quickly as you can, see if you can fill out two or three pages of it. And then go back as that editor person and scratch out the pieces of it that don't make any sense and begin building that positive vision of you having that degree or whatever it is you're wanting to accomplish. So several different ways I think that you could do this. You could probably even do a storyboard or something like that if you're a a visual thinker, but something that will clearly spell out exactly how it will be when you've accomplished that dream or that way of being. And then the third part is embodiment, taking steps towards it, doing anything that's necessary to change in you. Do I need to take a class? Do I need to become different to embody that vision? And then I'm going to take steps, hopefully forward ones, but I'm going to notice ahead of time the ones that are sidesteps or backtracking and really say to myself, are these necessary? Okay. So the last part that I want to talk about today is a part, and I might be the only one, but how do I evaluate which of the many perhaps good concepts that I have that I really want to pursue? Because I'm here to tell you, if you have a list of 35 different things that you want to be different in your life, you can't, you can't use this process on all 35 of them at once. It'll really make you crazy. It's like that, that, uh, what do they call it? The myth of multitasking, (laughs) right? Have there been periods in your life where you thought, I'm a pretty good multitasker, and then other parts in your life where, oh my God, if I try to do one more thing at the same time, because I'm doing a terrible job of all of them. Well, I do think that multitasking, for the most part, is a myth. I don't think we can do that very well. So when you begin coming up with your list of grand ideas. And I hope you do have a list of them, right? I really do hope that you have many things you would like to accomplish in your life. Part of this is which one or maybe two at the most do I want to take on at once? We're not going to try to do them all. Who here has uh, to-do lists? How many of us, I'm just going to keep my hand up and and self-embarrass myself, but how many of us have to-do lists that have like 25 things on them that have been on there for just months and months and months? (laughs) Yeah. See, this is not actually all that helpful. (laughs) It's not all that helpful. We've come up with too many ideas, and we actually, if you're like me, feel a little guilty that I'm not getting to the bottom of the list. I look at that and I go, oh, holy heck, that is something that I need to do or I'm supposed to do and it's been on the list for six months and like shame on you, Larry. Well, no, 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 no. That's not the energy we want. 
in the case here, we're talking about exercising our authentic and creative power. We only want to be working on one or two things at a time at the most. This is not for multitasking. And how do you choose? How do you choose? I think it can be simple, but once you've chosen, you need to give it your all. If we're going to embody this, it can't be one of those things where if after three days it seems a little too hard, we back off. We need to commit to it. But I think you can ask yourself, if only one of the things on my list were accomplished, which one would make all the difference? Which one of the things, the ideas, the concepts that I have on my list, if one of them were complete right now, which is the one I would pick? Which would make the most difference? Which would make me the happiest? Which would make me most fulfilled? Is it reconnecting with my family that has been estranged? Is it moving forward in a job or a career? Would that make the most difference? Is it pursuing that educational degree or, or rearranging my schedule so I can spend more time with my grandchildren? I mean, it doesn't matter what the concept is, but pick the one that would make the most difference for you and then run it through this process. You've got the concept then process it through this visioning so that it's fully orbed. You see yourself spending four hours a day with your grandchildren and just being outrageously fun and happy with them. Whatever it is, build that vision up big, embody it. That's that third step. Begin taking the steps towards it. If you need to have some further education or training or a mentor, do the steps necessary to do it. You will change your life. And that is the true power. All right, it's time to move on to our homework. This one is going to take a little more thought, but of the many homeworks I've assigned in the last month, I think this is both my favorite one and the one I would challenge you with. Create an idea journal. Take some time every day, and in fact, I would say on your phone or in a little notebook, if you could carry it with you, and as you have ideas throughout the day, and they can be silly ideas, they can seem like big ideas, they can seem like little ideas, but every time you say to yourself, wow, that's interesting, right? An idea has popped into your head. I'd like you to write it down, or try to remember it so you can write it down later, and then after, I would say, about two or three weeks, become that editor. Look through your idea journal and begin seeing if you can pick out hopefully one, two at the most, grand ideas that you would like to pursue. And then run it through our three-step process. You've got the concept. You're going to vision it out so that you have a complete picture of what it is. You're going to embody it. Do you need some training for it? Do you need some coaching for it? And then you're beginning to take steps in that direction. I tell you, if you would do this one piece of homework, I would suggest in less than a month, you'll begin feeling different about your life and the world will begin being drawn to you in support of that grand idea. 
Well, I'm going to close today with a final quote from the book. Well, you know, actually, this is going to take the place of our prayer today. One of the things I do love about this book is she has what she calls meditations in them. But for those of you, you know, in the know, they sound a whole lot like science of mind prayers. And so I'm just going to plunge into our closing prayer here. She calls it her meditation for power. I breathe into the center of my brain, between my ears and eyes. I flood my brain with light, the color of midday cloudless sky, the palette of spiritual imagination. Every breath I take and every breath I release leaves me floating in the open sky of possibilities. Nothing can weigh me down. Nothing can inhibit the free expression of my divine imagination. Soaring in infinite space, all things are possible. Divine imagination is my spiritual name and true nature. I am a creator by divine design. And I reach beyond assumptions and limitations, dreaming of magnificent possibilities. This is the power of conception. And I catch a marvelous idea of what I can be, what I can do, and what I can experience. I can tell that this idea is mine to express by its captivating appeal. And I recognize in this area the possibility of fulfillment that I have longed for. The marvelous idea I have grasped fleshes out as a complete vision and purpose in my life. Like a seed planted in the ground and watered carefully, this idea is nurtured by my power. I envision the fully formed blossom now while the seed remains still in the deep womb of possibilities. I am spiritual power. Claiming my divine identity, I call forth from within me my rightful divine capacity, pouring it out in fulfillment of my purpose. I have eyes to see the good within. I have eyes to see the good path ahead. And whatever seems impossible, by my power I declare, it is possible now." And in gratitude for this grand life, this grand vision, I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. What a pleasure to have you here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. 
Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.